Book one part six of the Countess of Pembroke's Arcadia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. The Countess of Pembroke's Arcadia by Philip Sidney. Book one part six. Demeters, that of all manners or style could best conceive of golden eloquence, being withal tickled by Musidora's praises, had his brain so turned that he became slave to that which he that sued to be his servant offered to give him, yet for countenance sake he seemed very squeamish in respect of the charge he had of the princess Pamela. But such was the secret operation of the gold, helped with the persuasion of the Amazon's Zomain, who said it was pity so handsome a young man should be anywhere else than with so good a master, that in the end he agreed, if that day he behaved himself to the liking of Basilius, as he might be contented, that then he would receive him into his service. And thus went they to the lodge, where they found Gynecia and her daughters ready to go to the field, to delight themselves there a while, until the shepherd's coming, whither also taking Zelmane with them, as they went, Demetrius told them of Dorus, and desired he might be accepted there that day, instead of his brother Menalcas. As for Basilius, he stayed behind to bring the shepherds, with whom he meant to confer, to breed the better Zelmane's liking, which he only regarded, while the other beautiful band came to the fair field appointed for the shepherdish pastimes. It was indeed a place of delight, for through the midst of it there ran a sweet brook, which did both hold the eye open with her azure streams, and yet seek to close the eye with the purling noise it made upon the pebble-stones it ran over, the field itself being set in some places with roses, and in all the rest constantly preserving a flourishing green. The roses added such a ruddy show unto it, as though the field were bashful at his own beauty about it. As if it had been to enclose a theatre, grew such sort of trees as either excellency of fruit, stateliness of growth, continual greenness, or poetical fancies have made at any time famous, in most part of which there had been framed by art such pleasant arbours that, one answering another, they became a gallery aloft from tree to tree, almost round about, which below gave a perfect shadow, a pleasant refuge then from the choleric look of Phoebus. In this place, while Gynecia walked hard by them, carrying many unquiet contentions about her, the ladies sat them down, inquiring divers questions of the shepherd Dorus, who, keeping his eyes still upon Pamela, answered with such a trembling voice and abashed countenance, and oftentimes so far from the matter, that it was some sport to the young ladies, thinking it want of education which made him so discountenance with unwonted presence. But Zelmane, that saw in him the glass of her own misery, taking the hand of Philoclea, and with burning kisses setting it close to her lips, as if it should stand there like a hand in the margin of a book, to note some saying worthy to be marked, began to speak these words. O love, since thou art so changeable in men's estates, how art thou so constant in their torments? When suddenly there came out of a wood a monstrous lion, with a she-bear not far from him, of little less fierceness, which, as they guessed, having been hunted in forests far off, were by chance come thither, where before such beasts had never been seen. Then care, not fear, or fear not for themselves, altered something the countenances of the two lovers. But so, as any man might perceive, was rather an assembling of powers than dismayedness of courage. Philoclea no sooner espied the lion, but that obeying the commandment of fear she leapt up, and ran to the lodgeward as fast as her delicate legs could carry her, while Dorus drew Pamela behind a tree, where she stood quaking like the partridge on which the hawk is even ready to seize. But the lion, seeing Philoclea run away, bent his race to herward, and was ready to seize himself on the prey, when Zelmane, to whom danger then was a cause of dreadlessness, all the composition of her elements being nothing but fiery, with swiftness of desire crossed him, and with force of affection strake him such a blow upon his chin, that she opened all his body, wherewith the valiant beast, turning her with open jaws, she gave him such a thrust through his breast, that all the lion could do was with his paw to tear off the mantle and sleeve of Zelmane with a little scratch, rather than a wound, his death-blow having taken away the effect of his force. But therewithal he fell down, and gave Zelmane leisure to take off his head, to carry it for a present to her lady Philoclea, who all this while, not knowing what was done behind her, kept on her course like Arethusa when she ran from Alpheus. Zelmane, carrying the lion's head in her hand, 
did not fully overtake her till they came to the presence of basilius neither were they long there but that gynecia came thither also who had been in such a trance of musing that zelmane was fighting with the lion before she knew of any lion's coming but then affection resisting and the soon ending of the fight preventing all extremity of fear she marked zelmane's fighting and when the lion's head was off as zelmane ran after philoclea so she could not find in her heart but run after zelmane being all come before basilius amazed with this sight and fear having such possession in the fair philoclea that her blood durst not yet come to her face to take away the name of paleness from her most pure whiteness zelmane kneeled down and presented the lion's head unto her only lady said she here see you the punishment of that unnatural beast which contrary to his own kind would have wronged prince's blood guided with such traitorous eyes as durst rebel against your beauty happy am i and my beauty both answered the sweet philoclea then blushing for fear had bequeathed his room to his kinsman bashfulness that you excellent amazon were there to teach him good manners and even thanks to that beauty answered zelmane which can give an edge to the bluntest swords there philoclea told her father how it had happened but as she had turned her eyes in her tail to zelmane she perceived some blood upon zelmane's shoulder so that starting with the lovely grace of pity she showed it to her father and mother who as the nurse sometimes with overmuch kissing may forget to give the babe suck so had they with too much delighting in beholding and praising zelmane left off to mark whether she needed succour but then they ran both unto her like a father and mother to an only child and though zelmane assured them it was nothing would need see it gynecia having skill in surgery an art in those days much esteemed because it served to virtuous courage which even ladies would ever with the contempt of cowards seem to cherish but looking upon it which gave more inward bleeding wounds to zelmane for she might sometimes feel philoclea's touch while she helped her mother she found it was indeed of no importance yet applied she a precious balm unto it of power to heal a greater grief but even then and not before they remembered pamela and therefore zelmane thinking of her friend dorus was running back to be satisfied when they might all see pamela coming between dorus and demetus having in her hand the paw of a bear which the shepherd dorus had newly presented unto her desiring her to accept it as of such a beast which though she deserved death for her presumption yet was her wit to be esteemed since she could make so sweet a choice demetus for his part came piping and dancing the merriest man in a parish and when he came so near as he might be heard of basilius he would needs break through his ears with a joyful song of their good success being all now come together and all desirous to know each other's adventures pamela's noble heart would needs gratefully make known the valiant mean of her safety which directing her speech to her mother she did in this manner as soon said she as ye were all run away and that i hoped to be in safety there came out of the same woods a horrible foul bear which fearing belike to deal while the lion was present as soon as he was gone came furiously towards the place where i was and this young shepherd left alone by me i truly not guilty of any wisdom which since they lay to my charge because they say it is the best refuge against that beast but even pure fear bringing forth that effect of wisdom fell down flat on my face needing not counterfeit being dead for indeed i was little better but this young shepherd with a wonderful courage having no other weapon but that knife you see standing before the place where i lay so behave himself that the first sight i had when i thought myself already near charon's ferry was the shepherd showing me his bloody knife in token of victory i pray you said zelmane speaking to dorus whose valour she was careful to have manifested in what sort so ill-weaponed could you achieve this enterprise noble lady said dorus the manner of these beasts fighting with any man is to stand up upon their hinder feet and so this did and being ready to give me a shrewd embracement i think the god pan ever careful of the chief blessing of arcadia guided my hand so just to the heart of the beast that neither she could once touch me nor which is the only matter in this worthy remembrance breed any danger to the princess 
for my part i am rather with all subjected humbleness to thank her excellencies since the duty thereunto gave me heart to save myself than to receive thanks for a deed which was her only inspiring and this dorus spoke keeping affection as much as he could back from coming into his eyes and gestures but zelmane that had the same character in her heart could easily decipher it and therefore to keep him the longer in speech desired to understand the conclusion of the matter and how the honest demetus was escaped nay said pamela none shall take that office for myself being so much bound to him as i am for my education and with that word scorn borrowing the countenance of mirth somewhat she smiled and thus spake on when said she dorus made me assuredly perceive that all cause of fear was past the truth is i was ashamed to find myself alone with this shepherd and therefore looking about me if i could see anybody at length we both perceived the gentle demetus lying with his head and breast as far as he could thrust himself into a bush drawing up his legs as close unto him as he could for like a man of a very kind nature soon to take pity of himself he was full resolved not to see his own death and when the shepherd pushed him bidding him to be of good cheer it was a great while ere we could persuade him that dorus was not the bear so that he was fain to pull him out by the heels and show him the beast as dead as he could wish it which you may believe me was a very joyful sight unto him but then he forgot all courtesy for he fell upon the beast giving it many a manful wound swearing by much it was not well such beasts should be suffered in a commonwealth and then my governor as full of joy as before of fear came dancing and singing before as even now you saw him well well said basilius i have not chosen demetus for his fighting nor for his discoursing but for his plainness and honesty and therein i know he will not deceive me but then he told pamela not so much because she should know it as because he would tell it the wonderful like zelmane had performed poor dorus though of equal desert yet not proceeding of equal estate would have been left forgotten had not zelmane again with great admiration begun to speak of him asking whether it were the fashion or no in arcadia that shepherds should perform such valorous enterprises this basilius having the quick sense of a lover took as though his mistress had given him a secret reprehension that he had not showed more gratefulness to dorus and therefore as nimbly as he could inquired of his estate adding promise of great rewards among the rest offering to him if he would exercise his courage in soldiery he would commit some charge unto him under his lieutenant philanax but dorus whose ambition climbed by another stair having first answered touching his estate that he was brother to the shepherd menalcas who among other was wont to resort to the prince's presence and excuse his going to soldiery by the unaptness he found in himself that way he told basilius that his brother in his last testament had willed him to serve demetus and therefore for due obedience thereunto he would think his service greatly rewarded if he might obtain by that means to live in the sight of his prince and yet practise his own chosen vocation basilius liking well his goodly shape and handsome manner charged demetus to receive him like a son into his house saying that his valour and demetus truth would be good bulwarks against such mischiefs as he stick not to say were threatened to his daughter pamela demetus no whit out of countenance with all that had been said because he had no worse to fall into than his own accepted dorus and withal telling basilius that some of the shepherds were come demanded in what place he would see their sports who first curious to know whether it were not more requisite for zelmane's hurt to rest than sit up at those pastimes and she that felt no wound but one earnestly desired to have the pastorals basilius commanded it should be at the gate of the lodge where the throne of the prince being according to the ancient manner he made zelmane sit between him and his wife therein who thought herself between drowning and burning and the two young ladies of either side the throne and so prepared their eyes and ears to be delighted by the shepherds but before all of them were assembled to begin their sports there came a fellow who being out of breath or seeming so to be for haste with humble hastiness told basilius that his mistress the lady cecropia had sent him to excuse the mischance of her beast ranging in that dangerous sort being happened by the folly of the keeper who thinking himself able to rule them 
had carried them abroad and so was deceived whom yet if basilius would punish for it she was ready to deliver basilius made no other answer but that his mistress if she had any more such beasts should cause them to be killed and then he told his wife and zelmane of it because they should not fear those woods as though they harboured such beasts where the like had never been seen the first eclogue basilius because zelmane so would have it used the artificial day of torches to lighten the sports the inventions could minister and because many of the shepherds were but newly come he did in a gentle manner chastise their negligence with making them for that night the torch-bearers and the other he willed with all freedom of speech and behaviour to keep their accustomed method which while they prepared to do Demetus, who much disdained since his late authority all his old companions brought his servant dorus in good acquaintance and allowance of them and himself stood like a director over them with nodding gaping winking or stamping showing how he did like or mislike those things he did not understand the first sports the shepherds showed were full of such leaps and gambols as being according to the pipe which they bear in their mouths even as they dance made a right picture of their god pan and his companions the satyrs then would they cast away their pipes and holding hand in hand dance as it were in a brawl by the only cadence of their voices which they would use in singing some short couplets whereto the one half beginning the other half should answer saying we love and have our loves rewarded the others would answer we love and are no whit regarded the first again we find most sweet affection snare with like tune it should be as in a choir sent back again that sweet but sour despairful care a third time likewise thus who can despair whom hope doth bear the answer and who can hope that feels despair then joining all their voices and dancing a faster measure they would conclude with some such words as without breath no pipe doth move no music kindly without love having varied both their song and dances into diverse sorts of inventions their last sport was one of them to provoke another to a more large expressing of his passions which thyrsus accounted one of the best singers amongst them having marked in dorus dancing no less good grace and handsome behaviour than extreme tokens of a troubled mind began first with his pipe and then with his voice to challenge dorus in song and was by him answered in the like sort but before any other came in to supply the place zelmane having heard some of the shepherds by chance named strephon and claeus supposing thereby they had been present was desirous both to hear them for the sake of their friendly love and to know them for their kindness towards her best-loved friend much grieved was basilius that any desire of his mistress should be unsatisfied and therefore to represent them unto her as well as in their absence it might be he commanded one layman who had at large set down their country pastimes and first love to urania to sing the whole discourse which he did in this manner a shepherd's tale no height of style desires to raise in words what in effect is low a plaining song plain singing voice requires for warbling notes from cheering heart do flow i then whose burdened breast but thus aspires of shepherds too the scene cause to show need not the stately muses help invoke for creeping rhymes which often sighings choke but you o oh you that think not tears too dear to spend for harms although they touch you not and deign to deem your neighbour's mischief near although they be of meaner parent scot you i invite with the easy ears to hear the poor-clad truth of love's wrong-ordered lot who may be glad be glad you be not such who share in woe weigh others have as much there was o oh seldom blessed word of was a pair of friends or rather one called two trained in the life which on short-bitten grass in shine or storm must set the clouted shoe he that the other in some years did pass and in those gifts that years distribute due was claeus called ah claeus woeful wight the later born yet too soon strephon height Apirus high was honest claeus nest to strephon aeolus land first breathing lent but east and west were joined by friendship's hest as strephon's ear and heart to claeus bent so claeus soul did in his strephon rest still both their flocks flocking together went 
as if they would of owners humour be as eke their pipes did well as friends agree clay's for skill of herbs and shepherd's art among the wisest was accounted wise yet not so wise as often stained heart strephon was young yet marked with humble eyes how elder ruled their flocks and cured their smart so that the grave did not his words despise both free of mind both did clear dealing love and both had skill in verse their voice to move their cheerful minds till poison was their cheer the honest sports of earthly lodging prove now for a clod like hair in form they peer now bolt and cudgel squirrels leap do move now the ambitious lark with mirror clear they catch while he fool to himself makes love and now at keels they try a harmless chance and now their cur they teach to fetch and dance when merry may first early calls the morn with merry maids a maying they do go then do they pull from sharp and niggard thorn the plenteous sweets can sweets so sharply grow then some green gowns are by the lasses worn in chastest plays till home they walk a row while dance about the maypole is begun when if need were they could at quintin run while thus they ran a low but levelled race while thus they lived this was indeed a life with nature please content with present case free of proud fears brave beggary smiling strife of climbfall court the envy hatching place while those restless desires in great men rife to visit so low folks did much disdain this while though poor they in themselves did reign one day o oh day that shined to make them dark while they did ward sunbeams with shady bay and Clayus taking for his youngling cark lest greedy eyes to them might challenge lay busy with ochre did their shoulders mark his mark a pillar was devoid of stay as bragging that free of all passions moan well might he others bear but lean to none strephon with leafy twigs of laurel tree a garland made on temples for to wear for him then chosen was the dignity of village lord that whitsuntide to bear and full poor fool of boyish bravery with triumph shows would show he nought did fear but for accounting oft makes builders miss they found they felt they had no lease of bliss for ere that either had his purpose done behold beholding well it doth deserve they saw a maid who thitherward did run to catch her sparrow which from her did swerve as she a black silk cap on him begun to set for foil of his milk-white to serve she chirping ran he peeping flew away till hard by them both he and she did stay well for to see they kept themselves unseen and saw this fairest maid of fairer mind by fortune mean in nature born a queen how well a page she was her bird to find how tenderly her tender hands between in ivory cage she did the mitcher bind how rosy moistened lips about his beak moving she seemed at once to kiss and speak this done but done with captive killing grace each motion seeming shot from beauty's bow with length laid down she decked the lovely place proud grew the grass that under her did grow the trees spread out their arms to shade her face but she on elbow leaned with sighs did show no grass no trees nor yet her sparrow might the long perplexed mind breathed long delight she troubled was alas that it might be with tedious brawlings of her parents dear who would have her own will and word agree to wed antaxius their neighbour near a herdman rich of much account was he in whom no evil did reign nor good appear in some such one she liked not his desire fain would be free but dreadeth parents ire kindly sweet soul she did unkindness take that bagged baggage of a miser's mud should price of her as in a market make but gold can gild a rotten piece of wood to yield she found her noble heart did ache to strive she feared how it with virtue stood thus doubting clouds o'er casting heavenly brain at length in rows of kiss cheeks tears they rain cupid the wag that lately conquered had wise counsellors stout captains puissant kings and tied them fast to lead his triumph bad glutted with them now plays with meanest things so often feasts with costly changes clad to crammed moors a sprat new stomach brings so lords with sport of stag and heron full sometimes we see small birds from nest do pull 
so now for prey these shepherds too he took whose metal stiff he knew he could not bend with hearsay pictures or a window look with one good dance or letter finely penned that were in court a well-proportioned hook where piercing wits do quickly apprehend their senses rude plain objects only move and so must see great cause before they love therefore love armed in her now takes the field making her beams his bravery and might her hands which pierce the soul's seven double shield were now his dart leaving his wonted fight brave crest to him her scorn gold hair did yield his complete harness was her purest white but fearing lest all white might seem too good in cheeks and lips the tyrant threatens blood besides his force within her eyes he kept a fire to burn the prisoners he gains whose boiling heart increased as she wept for even in forge cold water fire maintains thus proud and fierce unto the hearts he stepped of them poor souls and cutting reason's reins made them his own before they had it wist but if they had could sheep hooks this resist clare straight felt and groaned at the blow and called now wounded purpose to his aid strephon fond boy delighted did not know that it was love that shined in shining maid but liquorous poison fain to her would go if him new learned manners had not stayed for then urania homeward did arise leaving in pain their well-fed hungry eyes she went they stayed or rightly for to say she stayed in them they went in thought with her clares indeed would fain have pulled away this mote from out his eye the inward burr and now proud rebel gan for to gainsay the lesson which but late he learned to fur meaning with absence to refresh the thought to which her presence such a fever brought strephon did leap with joy and jollity thinking it just more therein to delight than in good dog fair field or shading tree so have i seen trim books in velvet dight with golden leaves and painted babery of silly boys please unacquainted sight but when the rod began to play his part fain would but could not fly from golden smart he quickly learned urania was her name and straight for failing graved it in his heart he knew her haunt and haunted in the same and taught his sheep her sheep in food to thwart which soon as it did baitful question frame he might on knees confess his faulty part and yield himself unto her punishment while nought but gain the self-hurt wanton meant nay even unto her home he oft would go where bold and hurtless many play he tries her parents liking well it should be so for simple goodness shined in his eyes there did he make her laugh in spite of woe so as good thoughts of him in all arise while into none doubt of his love did sink for not himself to be in love did think but glad desire his late embosomed guest yet but a babe with milk of sight he nursed desire the more he sucked more sought the breast like dropsy folks still drink to be athirst till one fair even an hour ere sun did rest who then in lion's cave did enter first by neighbours prayed she went abroad thereby at barley break her sweet swift foot to try never the earth on his round shoulders bare a maid trained up from high or low degree that in her doings there could compare mirth with respect few words with courtesy a careless comeliness with comely care self-guard with mildness sport with majesty which made her yield to deck this shepherd's band and still believe me strephon was at hand a field they go where many lookers be and thou seek sorrow clears them among indeed thou saidst it was thy friend to see strephon whose absence seemed unto thee long while most with her he lest did keep with thee no no it was in spite of wisdom's song which absence wished love played a victor's part the heaven love loadstone drew thy iron heart then couples three be straight allotted there they of both ends the middle two do fly the two that in mid-place hell called were must strive with waiting foot and watching eye catch of them and them to hell to bear that they as well as they hell may supply like some which seek to salve their blotted name with others blot till all do taste of shame there may you see as soon as the middle two do couple towards either couple make they false and fearful do their hands undo brother his brother friend doth his friend forsake heeding himself cares not how fellow do but of a stranger mutual help doth take as perjured cards in adversity 
with sight of fear from friends to friend do fly but never did medea's golden weed on creon's child his poison sooner throw than those delights through all their sinews breed a creeping serpent like of mortal woe till she brake from their arms although indeed going from them from them she could not go and farewelling the flock did homeward wend and so that even the barley brake did end it ended but the other woe began began at least to be conceived as woe for then wise clares found no absence can help him who can no more her side forego he found man's virtue is but part of man and part must follow where whole man doth go he found that reason's self now reason's found to fasten knots which fancy first had bound so doth he yield so takes he on his yoke not knowing who did draw with him therein strephon poor youth because he saw no smoke did not conceive what fire he had within but after this to greater rage it broke till of his life it did full conquest win first killing mirth then banishing all rest filling his eyes with tears with sighs his breast then sport grew pains all talking tedious on thoughts he feeds his looks their figure change the day seems long but night is odious no sleeps but dreams no dreams but visions strange till finding still his evil increasing thus one day he with his flock abroad did range and coming where he hoped to be alone thus on a hillock set he made his moan alas what weights are these that load my heart i am as dull as winter starved sheep tired as a jade in overloaden cart yet thoughts do fly though i can scarcely creep all visions seem at every bush i start drowsy am i and yet can rarely sleep sure i bewitched am it is even that late near across i met an ugly cat for but by charms how fall these things on me that from those eyes where heavenly apples beam those eyes which nothing like themselves can see of fair urania fairer than a green proudly bedecked in april's livery a shot unheard gave me a wound unseen he was invisible that hurt me so and none invisible but spirits can go when i see her my sinews shake for fear and yet dear soul i know she hurteth none amid my flock with woe my voice i tear and but bewitched who to his flock would moan her cherry lips milk hands and golden hair i still do see though i be still alone now make me think that there is not a fiend who hid in angel shape my life would end the sports wherein i wonted to excel come she and sweet the air with open breast then so i fail when most i would do well that at me so amaze my fellows jest sometimes to her news of myself to tell i go about but then is all my best wry words and stammering or else doltish dumb say then can this but of enchantment come but you my pipe will am my chief delight till strange delight delight to nothing where and you my flock care of my careful sight while i was i and so had cause to care and thou my dog whose ruth and valiant might made wolves not inward wolves my use to spare go you not from your master in his woe let it suffice that he himself forego for though like wax this magic makes me waste or like a lamb whose dam away is fet stolen from a young by thieves in choosing haste he treble bars for help but none can get though thus and worse though now i am at last of all the games that here ere now i met do you remember still you once were mine till mine eyes had their curse from blessed eyne be you with me while i unheard do cry while i do score my losses on the wind while i in heart my will write ere i die in which by will my will in wits i bind still to be hers about her a to fly as this same sprite about my fancies blind doth daily haunt but so that mine become as much more loving as less cumbersome alas a cloud hath overcast mine eyes and yet i see her shine amid the cloud alas of ghosts i hear the ghastly cries yet there meseems i hear her singing loud this song she sings in most commanding wise come shepherd's boy let now thy heart be bowed to make itself to my least look a slave leave sleep leave all i will no peacing have i will i will alas alas i will wilt thou have more more have if more i be away ragged rams care i what murrain kill 
out-shrieking pipe made of some witched tree go bawling cur thy hungry maw go fill on you foul flock belonging not to me with that his dog he henced his flock he cursed with that yet kissed it first his pipe he burst this said this done he rose even tired with rest with heart as careful as with careless grace with shrinking legs but with a swelling breast with eyes which threatened they would drown his face fearing the worst not knowing what were best and giving to his sight a wandering race he saw behind a bush where claire's sate his well-known friend but yet his unknown mate claire's the wretch who lately yielden was to bear the bonds which time nor wit could break with blushing soul at sight of judgment's glass while guilty thoughts accused his reason weak this morn alone to lonely walk did pass within himself of her dear self to speak till strephon's plaining voice him nearer drew whereby his words his self-like case he knew for hearing him so oft with words of woe urania name whose force he knew so well he quickly knew what witchcraft gave the blow which made his strephon think himself in hell which when he did in perfect image show to his own wit thought upon thought did swell breeding huge storms within his inward part which thus breathed out with earthquake of his heart as layman would have proceeded basilius knowing by the wasting of the torches that the night also was far wasted and withal remembering zelmane's hurt asked her whether she thought it not better to reserve the complaint of claire's till another day which she perceiving the song had already worn out much time and not knowing when layman would end being even now stepping over to a new matter though much delighted with what was spoken willingly agreed unto and so of all sides they went to recommend themselves to the elder brother of death the end of the first book